0: In a language that everybody here can easily understand. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? What? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Welcome to the Uncommon Communicators Podcast. Your hosts, James Gable and Brandon Thompson, and we bring you enlightenment to the topic of communication. Good morning, Brandon. Good afternoon, James. Nobody knows that. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> James can tell time, guys. Hey, I got the I got the shades pulled. W- would you like directions on how to follow or uh, would you like to follow some directions on how to tell time?
1: I yes, tell okay. me how to tell time with a analog watch. With an analog watch. Uh-huh. Okay. So, number 1, yeah. there's
0: numbers that go in a circle. Okay. Okay. There's a. There's what, what does a circle look like? So a circle looks like a square, but with uh-huh. no points. And a square has points? A square definitely has four points. Has four points. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now there's a circle with numbers. Uh huh. And, and then there's a little hand and a big hand. And they point to those numbers. And based on where they're pointing, we'll tell you the time.
1: That's your direction reading a watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you need some details in there. Why are we here to talk about? Following new no, giving directions. We're we we talking are talking about here, giving directions. Yeah. I today, was like, right? yeah.
0: No, so we're, we're on to giving directions as opposed to following directions because just like following directions can be difficult, especially like directions that you're attempting to read, which we discussed in great length um, last week, giving directions seems to be increasingly more or increasingly difficult, I should say.
1: It, yeah. It, depending on the person in the audience. And I, actually, i like that you started with the watch idea because. When we have something that's so ingrained in our in our belief, it's hard to explain those things that you've never had to explain before because mm-hmm. everybody knows how to read a watch. I do. Or do they?
0: No, they don't anymore, actually. They've switched the uh, clocks in classrooms to be analog.
1: That is That is a true statement. But even being able to describe those things that are, in our mind, easy to do, it's hard to put the words to it to give it a good description mm-hmm. to make sure that you're connecting with that audience. And that's why... We thought it was great today to talk about giving good directions. They're slightly different than being able to follow directions where we admitted last time that we We struggled a little bit with following directions. We're going to talk about two things, how to understand, you really have to understand the listener and who they are. And we're going to talk about some skills and that how you need to be skilled in giving those directions to that individual.
0: You very much do. Because there's, the, there's there's times that I will give directions to people, and it doesn't quite comprehend. But I'll also give the same. Like, if I need the same task accomplished, I will give different directions depending on the human being I'm talking to. Yeah, and there's that
1: that's really one of the key things is knowing who your audience is. Mm-hmm. There was a time, there's a story I've told where in giving directions to a guy on a construction site mm-hmm. that I would tell them, all right, plug in the GFCI into the wall. Mm-hmm. I want you to run your cord along that wall, up and over the doorway, because we don't want anybody tripping, then run it out to your work site, and then you can use that cord there. I would give that much detail to mm-hmm. some individuals, and some of them would look at me like I was a complete, What do you, do you think I'm an idiot? Mm-hmm. And other people would go, okay, boss. So there is that. I, you have to know your audience. But in giving that story, I wanted to make sure he didn't create a tripping hazard because I knew there was a doorway there, and he would have just ran it right out to where his work site was. Mm-hmm. But five other things to look at. Um, let me let's, let me ask you some questions about this. Uh, limited reading or comprehension skills.
0: So, th- you know, that is important to understand because there are certain people that can't, fu- I should say not functionally read, but like their reading ability is not up to snuff, right? So I've recently had to read um, like legal-ish documents, right? Like just stuff that had legal jargon there. And I'm a, I, am aii I won't say I'm an advanced reader, but I'm a pretty confident reader. And I can get a lot of that just out of there, right? But it's still a little rough. Or like when you, uh, when you get your ballots, like vote on addendums or mm-hmm. amendments to whatever, you know, state constitution, they, what's great is that they have the, they have like the legit legal verbiage, which I think is very important because if you're going to, you know, pass a bill, the individuals that are voting on that bill should know the exact jargon, right? They just should. Um, and then kind of right by it, they have like a little cube or like a little box that, like gives you the layman's term for it. Yeah. Um, and I was struggling to read some of that. So I can fully understand why somebody who's trying, attempted to read directions would have a problem, you know, comprehending certain things. Cause again, cause these are directions for what this addendum is going to do. And I was like, well, I think I got half that.
1: Yeah. They're, they're very tough cause they're written in that legalese. And especially on those ballots, I like when they give the pros and cons people that'll give them an opportunity Mm -hmm. in there because even still taking that interpretation, they both interpret it a little bit differently as well too, but it allows every reader to get that. And, you know, we talked about in earlier episodes, you know, illiteracy rate in the United States is 12%. Like that's high Mm -hmm. Uh, if you count quantities of people. And to your point, there's levels of literacy as well too, understanding different, um, reading skills specifically. Right. All that factors into somebody's comprehension skill of, of being able to give them good directions. Yeah. So, yeah, continue. Well, the, the next one is cognitive or learning disabilities. Yeah. And I think we really have to take that one into account because... I don't want to say there's a lot more of it now, but it's a lot more recognized now that there are individuals that may have some specific cognitive like learning disabilities. And you have to be able to speak exactly, you know, to where they understand what you're saying.
0: Well, this goes back to uh, my deaf coworker, right? Uh, It seems stupid, but obviously being deaf is a bit of a learning disability. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we had a 20 minute conversation on what it means to have an upside down caramel macchiata. It's not hard, right? Like I was, and I went through four or five different steps to try and have him comprehend what it means by upside down, right? Like I mean that you're doing the stuff in reverse. And uh, I got to the point where I literally took the drink and I flipped it upside down in the clear cup so he could see that it all blended together and mixed. And then he's like, "I have to turn it upside down." <laughs> Like, no, right? And that, and that's just, it got lost in translation. It got lost due to his disability. Um, so, again, great example of understanding that, hey, not everybody can comprehend things on your level.
1: Well, and talking specifically of, like, learning disabilities, ADHD, typically, you know, attention deficit uh, or disorder. Mm-hmm that person isn't going to be listening to you very long. So there's things where you've got to understand there's a window to be able to do that. The attention span isn't going to be there. The other one, dyslexia, you know, very much cl- clinically studied and it's the reversal of words and letters and things like that. So reading hard time listening typically with somebody who's dyslexic has a higher cognitive verbal understanding. Uh, In fact, there's a lot of CEOs of companies that are dyslexic. dyslexic, Nobody knew that they couldn't read. Mm -hmm. They were able to do everything through that, you know, through the verbally. And then there's always the traumatic brain injury that really hinders a lot of memory, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of trying to follow directions that you're giving them as well as cognitive abilities.
0: Yeah. Especially that immediate memory. Yeah.
1: So we talked about this one, limited prior knowledge or experience. I think that one falls along the information
0: bias. It very idea, much does. Yeah. Right? Cause I mean, it's like trying to teach somebody something new and like the kind of how they talk about like on the job training, right? You, you need this done so that way you can get your job done and you need them to help you do this. So if you're trying to give them directions on something, uh, it can come out a little bit shorter and a little bit more concise than what they need because they're very much learning.
1: Yeah, it's if they're unfamiliar, if you generally know the process and then you're giving them details in there, they can piece it all together. Mm-hmm. But they don't know where the end is. Yes. So it's really about having that limited prior knowledge. You need to know that. What's your experience level? Mm-hmm. Next one, difficulty with abstract concepts.
0: I kind of I struggle with this one too. I, or I uh, especially when someone's trying to discuss like moving things around or like like a layout of a room. When uh, people kind of like, oh yeah, well we can just we'll hang this here, we'll hang that there. Like, trying to visually or, like, wrap my head around that end goal, I just can't. Like, I can't see it. I'm the dude that, like, no, just just set it up how you want it. I'll come in and I'll wreck it and do it the way that I want to have it done later because I can visually – like, I can, like, legit play with it. And I can I don't have to try and flip anything around on my head or visually see something.
1: And for me, with somebody's asking a question, especially ones that are really uh, abstract, kind of out there wanting to draw out, you know, even more creativity – I need more detail to be able to come up with the creativity and it's so abstract. There's not enough guidelines in there. There is a, there is a lot of difficulty in trying to narrow, narrow those down. Narrow down. Yeah. And then the last one, lack of attention or focus, which I don't, that probably, you know, attaches to that attention deficit, but some people have a a hard time following instructions because of distractions. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe they're looking out a window. Maybe somebody walks by while you're telling them. They're easily distracted. And that's why I think it's important to maintain that eye contact when giving directions. Make sure that person's engaged Mm -hmm. because it's easy to get lack of focus. We're so much in the Zoom world. We're so much in our online world where the screens are off, where you know if you've got a meeting of 20 people, there if there's five of them with their camera on, even three of those, or you can see they're on their phone. Right. Mm-hmm. We're allowing ourselves to be so distracted, thinking that we can uh, capture the stuff that we need in comment when we want to. When in reality, we can't. We learn that. Right. Yep. You have to do things one one thing at a time. And to have that lack of attention, you have to recognize that if you're giving good directions. Yeah. I
0: also link it to. So uh, you, as a Toastmaster, you understand this when you give like a speech or a lecture. Um, one of the better ways to know if people were engaged or if it was like, I, I would say judging someone's engagement would le- would tell you if it's a good lecture or a bad lecture. Right. And one of the best ways to know that or discover if it was a good lecture or a bad lecture is to figure or is to at the very end, see if anybody has any questions. If they don't have any questions and they're trying to learn something new and they're listening to your directions, it, they probably were not engaged the whole time and then therefore missed it. So they don't know what they don't know. Um, so what's so one of the ways to help make sure that your directions get followed the proper way that you want your directions to be followed i would say is to ask follow-up questions right i mean obviously depending on the circumstances not necessarily um but right like even driving directions uh people will come into the store in the last like hey where do i need to go for this right and i'm like well <laughs> it's literally across the street like this is right here that's wadsworth and you just take a right at that light and you're gonna take an immediate left to the very next light right and then to make sure that they understand what I'm saying, I'd be like, I'm mean, like, yeah. You know, so remember what was the name of that street, or right? just do something simple to follow up and make sure that they're engaged. And then also it causes their brain, or not their brain, but it forces them to actually think about what you just said, and in them then processing and rethinking to have to regurgitate that information it proves that they're listening, and it also just kind of pounds the like pounds it home, right? It's like when taking notes. They verbally say it, you write it down, and then if you re-say it to yourself, it tends to stick better.
1: Well, and commenting on your – I like how you tie that into a – you know, the concept of public speaking, right? If you've engaged the audience, are they going to ask questions? They tend uh, to. They tend to. And I think, was it a good enough session or uh, lecture? I like how you
0: put well, I mean, that way. A lot of the way – because, right, if you're trying to give someone instructions because they obviously don't know how it works, right? Like So if we were to have somebody – rather than have the piece of paper, but if we were to have somebody – describe to us or give us the instructions on how to reassemble that spring. If he gets all the way through it and we had no questions, clearly we're a bunch of idiots that don't know what we're doing (laughs) because it took us five hours to get this thing attached. However, if you know, we were engaged all the time, we probably would have been like, yo, so what spring did we need? Was it a right hand or a left hand spring? Right? Like we would have questions that we would ask while they were giving the instructions.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, if a said person was reading those directions and said person was really engaged in it, Mm -hmm. then they would ask those questions. And also it was an engaging enough presentation. So I think that's part of the the listener being engaged anyways, as well as having the right information that's engaging enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think it's important to sometimes ask those questions. We'll do that in speeches, which ties right into what we're talking about. If you start a speech and this is almost proven, Scientific evidence. I don't have the evidence to back it up, mm-hmm. but there's evidence. I so heard there's guy, I don't heard don't
0: ask time. James about the evidence, but there's evidence. There's evidence. Somebody's
1: going to give me that evidence, but I've heard it. But anyways, the story is, if you ask that question at the beginning of your presentation, hey, Brandon, have you considered buying Amway? That's a terrible example.
0: Uh, so that's that a bad example because I definitely had people approach me about Amway a couple times. <laughs> And I have to. I was like the first time I was like I was like huh, and you kind of read into it. And the second time, you're like no, you can go away now. So that's too. where
1: they they'll use a lot of those questions in kind of a wrong way. Hey, Brandon, do you like being rich? Yeah, you just- know. So they, those kind of baited questions. But where I was going with that is if you ask the the right question at the beginning of your uh, speech or lecture that you're going to give, you're going to get their mind thinking, and that thinking keeps that engagement during that. And that's mm-hmm. the same thing with giving directions is you want to have that engagement from that individual. And then at the end, you'll know they're asking questions that you created enough, you know, stir for them to want to ask some more, mm-hmm. but there's really some other skills that are good at helping us give better directions. And that's why we're here. One of them is to be clear and concise. I'd agree. How much more clear and concise could we be with that?
0: I, you know, I I don't know, but like, uh, you know, the acronym kiss K I S S. Oh yeah. Keep it simple. Stupid.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I use keep it simple, smarty pants. Oh, okay, because I don't like stupid.
0: Well, I do, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I but yeah. So if you can't remember, keep it clear and concise. Just remember the acronym KISS. Uh, if you're a fan of the band, cool. Uh, you know that 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 helps work. You know, think think of the band, but kiss K I S S. Well,
1: and I I think some of the biggest really communication blunders that I've experienced in my life was things that there was too much information given and there there is that fine line about giving too much and giving uh, not enough but it, it you have to figure out what that is because you know that if you give, And I see this a lot. Somebody will tell something and then give two or three other options in there and then want somebody to go do the first one that you told them, even though there's a couple of other options, but I want you to do that. Mm -hmm. You might have given them too much information because they're going to be confused by the other options that you don't want them to do. But they're knowing that you may come with questions, so they gave too much information trying to stop that information bias. So it's really about using clear and concise language and then getting rid of like unnecessary phrases and words. Sometimes we throw those in there as well too.
0: Yeah, there's. I mean, there's also some slang that kind of comes – Like the technical terminology, right? There's some slang that we can throw in there that they might get confused by. So same deal. Just K I S S. Keep it simple, not stupid, smarty pants. You, you can use stupid today. Okay, I you guess already so. have. Okay, keep it simple, stupid. B- yes, sir.
1: What's number two? So number two, using visual aids. And as you know, I'm a huge fan. Diagrams, images, visual mm-hmm. boards. I learned from my friend Felipe about Scrum, Scrum boards. In fact, we've got one up here in the bunker of the Uncommon Communicator. It's simple. It's, you know, what is what do you have to do? It's your to-do list. It's what you're doing. And then you celebrate your wins with your done list. Those type of visual boards, I've got one up on my job site as well right now where I have RFIs and different things, questions that are generated within the field that are on my to-do list so I can handle them so they don't get lost. Because when you're a lot of times on really on any job site or any job, there's things that are tossed out there that just get forgotten. But there's... Uh, just ways of working around that, and the, I love the visual boards. I love having them out there for everyone to see because it tells a story with the eyes.
0: Yep, yep. and we discuss how visualization works. Not to get too hippy dippy.
1: Yeah, you keep you say that every time. Mm-hmm. We're serious hippy dippy on that. We're so very serious. <laughs> <laughs> That's our clarifier, but no, we're serious, man. Vision boards, those type of things work, but visual aids in giving directions, and it could be as easily as showing somebody how to do something one time. First, instead of giving them the technical directions mm-hmm. uh, given it in a written form, maybe they have that you know misunderstanding. So have if you somebody actually sees you and see we're assembling something, put it together in the order that you did and watch your hands. and then there's the manipulative form of following those directions, the muscle memory that they can tie into kind of watching you do it.
0: That's how I do it with cooking. Uh, Megan can give me directions and no. I just need you to come do it once. And I'll watch you do it. And I'll have—I'll probably still have questions the second time I do it, or you know, the first time I try to do it on my own. But like, I need—I need a—I need a—I need, need a step-by-step visualization walkthrough first. After that, we can figure things out.
1: But you—you—you you can cook bacon and eggs in your in your sleep with your eyes closed, right? Yeah, Don't, but I'm
0: pretty sure I had somebody else cook bacon and eggs first, and, and then after that, I got there and you figured it out. Yep. What's number three? So number three, uh, provide examples. Which is very similar to the visual aid kind of a thing.
1: It is, but it's you know it's giving like real life examples or scenarios to illustrate it. So maybe mm-hmm. you are doing it verbally to kind of describe that a scenario. This is important. it's almost about giving the why. Why are we doing this? Yeah, because is there somebody in this room who constantly
0: asks why? Yes, there is. Yeah, when that's kind of uh, I'll relay this back to if you don't know, whipped creams are charged with CO two containers, right? What? Yeah, uh, that's good so, for the environment. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, but so what ends up happening is I try to explain to people like, you know, how to, how to clean these things, right? It seems stupid, but like they're airtight. So you got to kind of get in the nooks and crannies, you got to clean them out. Uh, so I look at them, I'm like, so here's the deal. You need to make sure that all the CO2 and all the compression is out of there because if you do not bad things will happen. And I was like, there may or may not have been a barista here one time that just popped one open and then it got off. Like, and I mean, everywhere it gets on the floor, it gets on the ceiling, it gets on the barista, it gets in the nooks and the crannies. I was like, we don't know that barista's name. He has a hat and glasses. We don't know his name though, and that does tend to do the trick when you give him an example like that. I guarantee I have yet to have a single barista <laughs> pop one of those after I have given that little lecture.
1: And that's a great example of you know your own experience. If you can tie your own experiences in,
0: it's okay to use. No, we, we don't know who it is because we just know that the barista wears hat and glasses. Right? Wink, wink. Yeah. Sure,
1: but. but and I think that's a fun way to do it as well too. And even if you're telling some another somebody else's story, I love I love learning from other people's mistakes yeah, as well. is it learn on someone else's dime? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think it's a dime anymore. It's learn on somebody else's yeah, 10 dollar right. Inflation, bill. Inflation's <laughs> a thing.
0: <laughs> Well, Hamilton we're good.
1: So we're going to go we're just going to touch four real quick which is really encourage active engagement because we just talked about that right. Yeah, have we have the questions. We, we've had that Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the last one I think is really one of the most important things is break it down. Sometimes we give too long of of directions you have to break it down. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman that was working for us and here, here I'm telling somebody else's story okay. but this individual if you said you're going to line him out for the day because you don't have time to line him out for eight hours worth of work mm-hmm. so you tell him I I want you to go over here and you're going to do this. And then when you're done with that, I want you to go into this room and take care of this. And then at the end of the day, we're going to clean the break room up and we're going to get ready for our meeting tomorrow. He, in his mind, he's already building that number one thing. Mm -hmm. So we now have broke it down, but he's not listening to those other two. He he missed the cleaning the break room part. He completely missed that. And the worst part is when he finishes those other ones, which at that point, if he thinks, is this all I got to do today? I'll make it last all day. He will come up and then ask, what was it again? Unless he wrote it down. Uh Right. So, But breaking it down, keeping them into smaller manageable parts. Sometimes you have to give directions to a point where go take care of that and come back. That's about learning who the mm-hmm. listener is, right? Knowing yeah. that that was his capability, and he was such a good craftsman, you could line him out that way. But you knew that through the course of your day, you were going to write enough paper, do it differently, so he had it. But breaking it down into manageable steps, don't give him you know, too much, because you're not going to get the whole thing done.
0: Yep, And that was knowing your audience as well.
1: That's back to knowing your audience. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these things really uh, tie together.
0: I, said, I, I, I would say keep K I S S and then know who you're talking to.
1: There was one other point I think that ties to giving instructions and it's this, you pointed this out earlier to me when nobody was listening, Mm -hmm. uh, understand that you're not the one doing it. Explain that.
0: Oh, okay. So, uh, I'm very particular at work. I don't know how it became, but I'm very particular at work and I can tell people to do things and then they will, the end goal will be achieved. Um, which, yay, that's a W. However, it will not be done in the same way that I would have done it. And if I was to give them step by step instructions, it would not have happened according to my step by step instructions. However, it did get done. So, if you need to give somebody like a simple little instructions and you tell them to do this right, and you need to get that done like that, would that would be that's probably more of an order than an instruction. But if it does get done, just know that it's okay if it doesn't get done the exact way that you wanted to get done except that you're not the one doing it.
1: And that's a great point. We uh, won't dive into that one. Maybe that's another topic. But the idea of, which I think goes to leadership, You know, if you want to help train somebody to be better at following directions, you need to see where they're at instead of micromanaging them. And I am not a fan of micromanaging. I think that even though I told you the story at the beginning where I Told the guy exactly, exactly. Yeah. how mm-hmm. to run it. You really want to work on having people develop their own reasoning skills. and So going into a leadership idea, give them some directions, come back and see how they're at, build that trust. Give them some more directions, see what their knowledge base is, come back, give some corrections. So I think that falls more on, on a topic of leadership. But the idea is that you want to allow them to make their own decisions because all you're judging as a leader is the end goal and that's what you were talking about is sometimes you have to let it go because you know that they could have been done quicker and that's not how you would do it and in some ways it goes back to that check your ego at the garage door mm-hmm. is it's okay to do it differently even though in your mind your muscle memory has it gone
0: one way or just never telling anybody to do it and you just do it yourself is great
1: <laughs> everybody follows your directions when it's only you. Yes, best I crew have you never ever had. not
0: listened to me. You're the best
1: crew you've ever had.
0: Tell me, man. <laughs> well, that's if I could just clone myself. <laughs> Please no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're still trying to figure out this version, but that's all we've got in talking about giving good directions. Uh, you know, I think we had a good topic on why don't people follow directions, mm-hmm. and then going into really some good uh, directions, which you said were what. Keep it simple, stupid. And what else? Know your those audience. Are, those are two important things. And then also understanding what I would add in there is to adapt your your context to that listener's really needs and abilities, understanding those things. So with those three things, that's going to set you up to be a better communicator, to be an uncommon direction giver. Mm-hmm. That's
0: all I got. That's all I got. See bye. you, bye. Bye.